Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever you are and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure do appreciate you joining me. Giving me a little bit of your time and energy and effort. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Either way, I'm glad you're here. I look forward to our little, this version of community, if you'll allow me. Maybe it helps you get through uh, laundry or cleaning or driving up and down the road, dishes, conference period, lunch, studying, something like that. Really not much on the homestead to report. I think it's about to get busy. Really busy. <laughs> but I'm I'm putting that off probably out of laziness and procrastination more than anything else. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for all the blessings you bestow upon us as individuals and as a nation. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, most of all, your Son, Jesus Christ. Forgive us our sins, our greed, our pride, our selfishness, our judgment of others, our rash words and actions, cowardice and our unbelief. Help us to seek you first, to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Be with our country, those who lead us and those who protect us. Help us turn back to you, Father. Trust in you, no matter what may come. And please guide my words here, Lord. In your son's name we pray. And Father, please watch over those who listen. Be with them, guide them, bless them. Surround them with your angels. Protect them from evil. In your son's name we pray, amen. One of the things that has really been apparent through most of my adult life is this idea that if you're, if you belong to a certain group, that you do or don't have the right to comment on an issue. And I'm going to kind of jump around here, so forgive me, but you see it often in the, like you talk about abortion, right? And you hear the little catchphrase, no uterus, no opinion. As if somehow having a biological body part somehow makes you more or less able to comment on the morality of murdering a child. Like if you, if you don't have a certain body part, then somehow that means that you have no ability to understand the concept of murder and to stand against it. Right. You see it often in the relationships between different racial groups. 
like if if one racial group is acting a certain way, but you're part of a different racial group, then you're told that your opinions don't matter. As if you can't look at a situation as a thinking human being and see whether a certain action is right or wrong and comment on that. And you see it in other ways. One of the really devious ways that, that this gets society all confused, twisted up, if you will, is as parents with children. And this goes into the other two categories too. Certainly the one when you're talking about different racial groups, but maybe even, even abortion too. There's this sense of guilt if you have participated in something that you know is wrong when you were younger. And so somehow you feel that you don't have the ability to warn others about it, that that would make you a hypocrite. There's a huge difference, folks, in acknowledging an action is wrong versus pointing a finger at other people who are doing something while you're doing it at the same time. And we need to, we need to realize that today. It's, it's the same thing that you see. I mean, it's one of the major divides in the country today is the difference between people who acknowledge that they're sinners and that they're doing something wrong and they need some help not to do it and they need to try not to do it versus those people who think that they're... And both of these other two... So that's that's one group right there. And then there's two other groups that really are kind of different parts of the same group, and, and that is people that are sinning, but they don't really think they need any help. They're either going to be able to figure it out on their own, or it's really just not that big a deal. And then the other part of that group is the people that don't even acknowledge that they're doing something wrong. And all of this, all of this goes back to whether we have knowledge of right and wrong. Which is really kind of ironic from a Christian point of view because going all the way back to the Garden Eve, right? The Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. The idea, right, that the snake really sold them on is, well, if you eat this, you're going to know the difference between good and evil. You're going to know the difference between right and wrong. And yet today, because we don't read the Bible, we don't spend time in prayer with God. We don't teach our children this as the most important lesson of their lives. We teach it to them kind of as like a caveat, something just to add on if you have time to your day. Not near as important as academics or athletics, sports, social media, etc. right? That's how we act. That's what we'd spend our time on, the vast majority of us. It's ironic so that we we eat the fruit and we're supposed to know the difference between good and evil, right? But we completely ignore God's word. And so now today we can't figure out. You have people that think that they're a man, but they really think they're a woman. And we have other people that think, yeah, that's a great idea. We think that a baby is just simply a choice, like a piece of garbage, whether we want to throw them out or whether we want to keep it. It's like you're going dumpster diving or you're going to an antique show, right? 
and you the old saying one person's trash is another man's treasure right we look at the baby today and we go well i don't really like this one we're going to throw it out maybe we'll do another one some other time maybe not and we can't tell that that's just pure evil and part of the reason a huge part of the reason maybe the part of the reason is we don't know the bible anymore You go back to John Quincy Adams talking about the fact that it wasn't really commendable in your day, in his day, to know the Bible. Everybody knew the Bible. You ought to know the Bible. You're supposed to know the Bible. You're just doing what you're supposed to when you know it. He said it was really what it was, is it was condemning not to know the Bible in his day and age. Like you, you don't know the Bible. You don't know what's in God's word. You don't know the creator of the entire universe gives you this book, tells you all these things, and you don't know it. You live in a country where people risk their very lives, despite what the modern narrative is, where people risk their very lives to be able to come over and worship God freely. The only true God there is, not Allah or Hindu or Buddhism or, or anything else, no other false religion, the only true religion, the only true God there is, to be able to come over and read his word and worship in the manner that they saw fit, worship him. Different denominations, folks. It, it's, like, it's like the differences in preference of car. Everybody, you still got to have a car one way or the other, but some people like this car and some people like this kind of car. But the point is, they all still run, ignoring the modern trials and tribulations. You still got to have something to run them on. Energy, source, gas. You throw electricity in there if you want to. Right? And so, same God. That, that, was, that was what was condemning to our president. And so one of the founding fathers that had a lot to do with education of children knows a lot more about education than we do today, obviously, uh, based on actions. And this is Noah Webster's, one of his comments to young people. Informing your connections in society, be careful to select for your companions young men of good breeding, and of virtuous principles and habits. The company of the profligate, the immoral and irreligious, is to be shunned as poison. You cannot always avoid some intercourse, interaction with men of dissolute lives, but you can always select for your intimate associates men of good principles and unimpeachable character. Never maintain a familiar intercourse with the profane, the lewd, the intemperate, the gamester, or the scoffer at religion. Towards men of such character, the common civilities of life are to be observed. Beyond these, nothing is required of men who reverence the divine precepts and whose desire to keep themselves unspotted from the world. And who desire to. That's out of James. We read that on a previous podcast. Uh, that was real close to one of the verses that President Theodore Roosevelt put his hand on when he was taking the oath of office in 1905. And so Noah Webster, he's saying here, look, you don't always get to choose. Sometimes you have to interact with people that are really pretty bad people that act in a pretty bad manner. 
uh, and you owe them civility, you owe them kindness, but you have no obligation to include them in your intimate circle of friends. And folks, we do that. And it's not just the human interaction. We need to be really careful about who we choose to associate with in a human sense, like man to man, woman to woman, etc. But we also need to be extremely careful about who we associate with via movies, books, TV, internet, social media, music, right? And, and what I mean is you need to be real careful about who you choose to listen to, what you choose, what author you choose to read. If that author pointedly has a, a, a viewpoint, a worldview that is anti-Christ, anti-God, you don't need to be sitting there reading their work. And I'm super guilty of this, folks. I have read, off and on, love to read, read all sorts of stuff. You know, the interesting thing is, the more I read the Bible, the more I got to a point with certain authors who I had loved in the past, but obviously were not coming from a Christian point of view, the harder and harder it was to read that stuff. And it's been the same with music. The harder and harder it's been, it's almost like the more you read the Bible, the more it kind of gives you an internal guide as to what is and isn't good. Especially for yourself, folks. When you're sitting there listening to something, you go, you know, I really, I don't like the words here. I don't like the meaning here. Or you're reading something. Uh, this author's, they're saying something that's just not true. Or they're, they're promoting something that's just not good. Or this TV show. And it's one of the reasons it's so important to read the Bible. So, so important. Uh, we could sit and talk here about this for a little bit longer, but I wanted to try and get through. Well, I think we're going to skip around, actually. We'll see. The point is, on this, so we we got a little bit more time than on this founding father, this Noah Webster. Make sure that the people you select, that the books and movies, the TV you watch, the music you listen to, that they're either people or written by people of good breeding, virtuous principles and habits. Especially don't associate with people as your intimate friends that scoff at God and Jesus Christ. That's just, you're just asking for heartache. Let me see if I can flip to this other page real quick, and we'll spend the last few minutes on it, if I can find it. Sometimes. All right, there we go. I try and get everything all put together before I do these podcasts, but sometimes plans change, don't you know? So we're going to spend the last few minutes on a prayer from George Washington, uh, which is fitting. This was written at Newburgh, New York, at the close of the Revolutionary War, June 14th, 1783. 
and it was a circular a letter addressed to the governors of all the states on the disbanding of the army. Uh, and this is just a section, folks, but I now make it my earnest prayer that God would have you and the state over which you preside in his holy protection, that he would incline the hearts of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and obedience to government, to entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another, for their fellow citizens of the United States at large, and particularly for brethren who have served in the field. And finally, that he would most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, and to demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and pacific temper of mind, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion, and without which a humble invitation of whose example in these things we can never hope to be a happy nation. The biggest thing, there's a lot here, folks, but the biggest thing that jumps out at me reading this is his words, the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion. When you go back and you read Washington, you know he was talking about Christianity. There's no doubt. So the idea today when people say, oh, well, they're just deists, they're just a generic divinity, absolutely not true. Washington kissed the Bible at his inauguration. Washington was on his knees in the morning and the evening in prayer reading the Bible. And so you listen to this comment. It's a big deal, folks. It's a big deal because we've forgotten this today. We don't know it. Or at least we act like we don't know it. That our country was born a Christian republic. As Patrick Henry said, that we were based not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and he says here at the end, right, without a humble imitation of whose example, Christ's example, right, the word of God, in these things, we can never hope to be a happy nation. So Washington, right, Washington says, in order to be a happy nation, we've got to imitate who? Jesus Christ, God. That's what he sent in a letter to all 13 governors, not a private letter, right? But as the commander of the Continental Army, as it was being disbanded. And he sends it to these governors of these states. This is very public. He knew it was public. He knew it was a big deal. The governors knew it was a big deal. The idea, folks, and it may be too late. We have we may have gone way too far. I was talking to a man I trust a great deal recently, and he just flat out made that comment. He said, we've gone too far. We're not going to recover from this. We've had our moment. The encouraging thing is uh, he was talking about the expansion of Christianity, the rapid expansion that you see in certain places in the world that are really kind of downtrodden right now. Africa was one of the places he was talking about and the prison ministry there that's really expanding. You know, and, and God may well choose to use 
some other place somewhere. He'll, he'll, he'll do what he needs to do, folks. I hope it's still here. I wish it would still be here, but it's certainly not going to be if we don't look to him. And we can't look to him if we're not reading his word each day and praying and acting on it, imitating Jesus Christ's example. You know, another thing that, and this I'll wrap up here in this prayer that really speaks to me is he talks about that, that the fellow citizens would have, have a brotherly affection and love for one another, uh, particularly those who have served in the field. We've abandoned our veterans so much today, folks, those people that were willing to risk life and limb. And that's so disgraceful. And, and we need to fix that, among many other things. But it all starts with God praying, right? Washington here, I now make it my earnest prayer that God would have you in his holy protection. God bless y'all, your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.